Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to episode 43 of the Longshot Podcast. I'm your host, Duncan Robinson, and I'm joined by my good friend and co-host, Davis Patrick Reed. Davis, how are we doing? I'm great. Which one of those two things is more important to you right now, good friend or co-host? Because I get both every episode. Yeah, honestly, at one point in my life, it was it was good friend, um, but now it, it seems the tables have turned. I think you're now your first definition is my co-host, and I don't know how I feel about that. Quite frankly, I think we've talked a lot about on this podcast about how our dynamics of our relationship has changed, and uh, you know we're a year into it now, and I honestly don't know if it's for the better. You've been screening my phone calls. We talked about this earlier today. Uh, they're only ringing once or twice now, and so it's something that I'm going to have to get over, but uh, over, but. You know, it's the podcast has been fun, so I think maybe it's a risk I'm willing to take. Well, yeah, th- I just think at this point it's it's pretty abundantly clear that it's it's a business relationship now. You know, we're we're co-hosts, we're business partners in a sense, um, and and that's what it looks like. So when I see your your name pop up on my screen, it's it's not so much of you know you checking in on on Duncan Robinson the person, you're checking in on Duncan Robinson the podcaster and right. the basketball player. I, I guess. No, I get it. I get um, it. But anyways, all right, Dave, we, we got to leave. We, we got some exciting news um, and, and we've been holding off on it a little bit. There've been some whispers about it. We have an incredibly observant fan base uh, <laughs> and, and and there's been some, some, some conversations that are brewing, uh, I guess you could say, but we have transitioned to a new production company. Yes, we have. Uh, and we are now officially with Blue Wire, which is incredibly exciting. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I just wanted to get get out in front of that early in the episode. <laughs> uh, it was something we just kind of ignored last week because we were just waiting. We, we were waiting for the, the timing to be right. Uh, but now it's public information. We're fired up. And and we talk a lot about this po- on this podcast, how we, pra- we, we celebrate full transparency. We celebrate, celebrate vulnerability. So who would we be? if we aren't going to practice what we preach. Now, we had to hold off last week, but like you said, we had some observant uh, listeners. It really didn't take a lot, to be honest. We, you know, there, there's, you know, 342 mysteriously disappeared from the profile. Blue Wire was replaced. Um, but no, we're fired up about it. Last year was amazing. We had an awesome year with 342. Um, JJ and Tommy obviously are now family and friends, past coworkers. Um, but you know, we're, we're really excited about, about blue wire, uh, really excited about, you know, we were on this hiatus, but we're back. Things are just rolling. The momentum is picked up, uh, avalanche, if you will, snowball. I don't know which one's a better, uh, analogy there, but either way we're rolling. No, no. 2022 is is going to be special. And uh, you mentioned it there briefly, but I would just like to reiterate my thanks to JJ, Tommy, Jason, Kylie, Bob, Lizzie, Chris, everybody at 342 and Cadence uh, 13 who had helped us so much really getting the show started, uh, believing in us early on, you know, a couple slaps, uh, you know, myself being from the sticks in New Hampshire and, and you being from, <laughs> you know, the great flyover state of, uh, of Kansas. Don't do Not that. Not really from the sticks, but. Dad, don't do uh, that. 
but still, you know, none, nonetheless, all that, that they invested into us, uh, we're incredibly thankful for. And, you know, those are relationships we're going to carry with us. I, I wholeheartedly believe that. Um, it, it just, it kind of made sense. Uh, I, I guess you could say the transition for us. And it's actually also part of the reason why the hiatus uh, lasted as long as it did. There was a little bit of a, a negotiation. It wasn't the only reason, but it was part of the reason. Sure. Um, that, yeah, we, we went, what was it, like two months without a show? Two and a half, I think, technically, pre-Thanksgiving oh to, to mid-January. Not something that, you know, we plan on doing again. Not something we're necessarily proud of, but, you know, it happens. No. It happens. I'm not proud of it. I'm actually curious, though, Dave. You know, I think people know what I was up to over those two and a half months playing basketball. Uh, I'm actually curious, and yeah. I'm sure the people are, the community is quite curious. What were you up to mm. over the last two and a half months? Yeah, it's been well documented that this is all I do. Uh, so with yeah. no podcast, think of it like a teacher on summer break, you know? It's like right. we put in a year of hard work, uh, a year of dealing with with students, uh, and then you get a summer to just you know, go to the lake, do some wakeboarding, uh, lay out with a Corona in the sun. Now, right. the difference being I was in Ann Arbor, so it was actually like six inches of snow that I was hanging out in. In December, right, exactly. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But here's the thing. I got to watch a lot of NBA basketball. Uh, I got to spend some time with my wife and my child, a.k.a. my dog. Uh, it was great. I, I, I treated it like a sabbatical. You know, you get a little two month break. The The truth is, uh, I don't know if we knew it was going to be a two month break going in. So really every no. week I was still preparing a show that just ended up not happening. Uh, but you know what? It got to the, it got to the point where it was fine. I was enjoying my vacation. Rest recovery is very important. And then it allowed us to hit 2022 full force. Was there any reflection, some introspection. I mean, you talked about maybe some activities that you partook in, but I, I'm actually looking for more of the good stuff, you know, <laughs> some like what, what was going on down in here in, yeah. in the heart. A lot, a lot. And a lot that still needs to be figured out. But I will say right. on the, on the podcast front that we put together that best of 2021 video and it really that was, was, fun. That was it, a good time. it really was a, a opportunity for reflection dunk because we, we've talked about this. We've talked about this a little bit, but I think when you're caught in the trenches, cause you know, podcasting, I think is a, a lot of people can agree is the trenches. Um, naturally, yeah. you know, when you're getting it out the mud, uh, we're just going week by week, you know, and you just get lost in the shovel, but then with a little hiatus and putting together a year one best of you get an opportunity to appreciate everything you've done. And so that was a pretty magical experience to, to wrap up 2021. No, absolutely. Uh, you know, you, you allude to the rat race that is that is podcasting uh, for sure, the day -day, especially for you. But I'll I'll also say, and I've said this a few times uh, on this show, the best of episode. You know, one of the things that I love most about this is the journaling component that I can look back on a particular episode, and it immediately brings me back to a memory in time, a moment in a season, a moment in a year, a moment in my life. Uh, and that best of listening back through that. Honestly, I don't listen to a lot of our episodes again, just because I can't really stand uh, <laughs> the sound of my own voice, which is pretty wild to, to imagine that I have a podcast and I, I don't like to listen to my own voice. But uh, listening back through that one and hearing that, there were a lot of a lot of great memories uh, that, it, that it brought back. So I'm, I'm very appreciative of that. I really am. I do think it's worth mentioning, you know, yeah, the break was good opportunity for a, a little bit of reflection, but the, you know, I'm a data driven guy, Dunk, spent a couple of years working in, you know, market research, data analysis. And what the data is showing is that since the long shot has returned, you're shooting about 50% from three. So look, I don't know, correlation doesn't always mean causation, but I think here it's pretty obvious. Uh, you podcasting equals 50% from three. No, I'm, I'm happy you you bring that up. Um, you're 100% right. Uh, correlation does not equal causation. And that applies for when I'm shooting poorly and when I'm shooting well. Uh, so even though maybe I am shooting well since the podcast has come back, I want everybody to hear this because I've reiterated it multiple times. How I'm shooting the basketball has nothing to do with whether or not I am doing a podcast. It has 
absolutely nothing to do with it. Uh, so all the the jokes about you know should be spending time in the gym or, or that my my intentions are misguided because I'm doing a podcast where I you know chop it up with my friend for maybe 90 minutes a week. Um, it is not channeling an excessive amount of my energy. All of my energy is is put towards my my main focus, my main job, uh, playing basketball. So thank you actually for bringing that up because it has absolutely nothing to do with how I shoot the ball. Well, I also think we talked about this last week, but when basketball is a stressor, basketball can't be the outlet. Like it's not realistic that you're in the gym for 12 hours a day. Like what, I don't understand what the expectation is. So if anything, the podcast can be an outlet. Uh, You know, last week when you mentioned your outlets, you you talked about golf, uh, which is an obvious one. You didn't mention the podcast, but I think the podcast can serve that purpose. It can. I mean, I think, I think the, the different the difference with the podcast is that it's public facing, right? So like now everybody like if I if I I'm a relatively private person. So like my social media and all that stuff, I, I very much my personal life I keep to myself, but this is my only public facing entity, if that makes sense. So of course people are gonna jump at the fact to comment on that. Um, you know, it, it just like remind like the amount of NBA players that play video games and stream on Twitch and do all, and I'm not knocking those guys because once again, they need their own outlet too. Um, but like they spend hours and hours streaming. Uh, I just chop it up with, with my, my good friend and my co-host here, uh, <laughs> Davis Patrick Reed for about 90 minutes. Uh, and, and it's, you know, it's just not a big deal. And that's why the podcast is back. It's, it's, uh, it's stronger than ever. And we're just going to keep this thing rolling and running. And I'm excited about it. I really yeah. am. Makes sense. Um, one quick housekeeping thing: the the live show uh, that was scheduled for Fort yeah. Lauderdale that is canceled. Let's talk now. about it. Let's talk that's, about it. That's canceled for for obvious reasons. Um, but Broward Center should be issuing refunds. We still Duncan and I we we talk about we want to do live shows. That's something that will be happening. Um, so you can rest assured that in the future, probably in the off season, I think live shows in the season is just hard with scheduling, but we will be coming to you live at some point um, where we apologize for the scheduling fiasco that happened with uh, the, the previous one. Yeah. I mean, the last thing we want to do is, is let down the, the long shot faithful. Um, but once again, similarly to the hiatus, it was a combination of, of things. And now obviously, uh, given that we are no longer with three, four, two, it, it, it doesn't really make sense to do a show with them. But like David said, we really do want to do a show and we fully expect to do one, uh, here on the horizon, maybe not during the season or at least during like the kind of thick of things, but at some point, uh, for sure would love to get in front of a, a live audience and see if we can take this uh, this show on the road, if you will. I will. Um, all right, let's get to basketball, Dunk. We are, so like we talked about, last three games, you're shooting 50% from three. I would say it's because you're podcasting, but there are a few other factors, one of which is that BAM is back in the lineup. Your guys' two-man game is very well documented. Uh, from the outside, it seems like you're getting better looks, you look to me like you're a little more aggressive. Am I reaching here or is there a correlation with Bam being back on the court and you having some level of comfort? I, you know, I, I won't say you're reaching. Um, I, I think for sure that, that playing with Bam allows me to be the best version of myself. And there's a variety of reasons why that's the case. I don't think that the ball is now going in at a higher rate just because Bam is on the floor. Um, he does so much for us on both sides of the ball, for sure. Um, I I think that it's a combination of things, right? It's it's never one thing. You know, for me, I feel a lot more comfortable and confident, um, partly just with kind of wrestling with little tweaks that I've made um, when it comes to shooting, when it comes to my routine. I feel like I've kind of caught a rhythm. That's so much what shooting is about, is just kind of feeling comfortable, confident in rhythm. Just those those six inches, you know, between your ears uh, are, are incredibly important when it comes to shooting. Obviously, bam, 
exacerbates that, right? Because he finds me in opportunities to be successful. Uh, we allow each other to play to our strengths as well. Uh, and that oftentimes when I'm coming off of an action and whether it be a handoff or a ball screen with Bam, you know, I'm able to draw two because the big is, is stepping up because he sets such good screens and he gets out of those screens with energy, which is such an underrated aspect of, of him. I mean, his, for a big man, his conditioning level is, ridiculous to, to switch one through five, to run the floor, to fly in and out of actions, to still play above the rim on both sides of the ball is um, really, really impressive. And then once he gets out of those actions, I'm, I've gotten pretty good at, at finding him on that little short roll. And, you know, that's when he's really, I think at his best because he's so explosive, so athletic and such a willing passer as well. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, we're, we're playing four on three on the backside, uh, which, you know, given the, the four that are out there for us at that point, you know, I, I like our chances for sure. So I, I think it's more about you're just, we're just able to, to kind of realize our best version, um, both individually and then also as a team when he's out there flying around creating, you know, what we call triggers and then also, you know, being effective on the backside of those, those actions. You're right, and I'm I, I'm kidding about the fifty percent thing. Obviously, I hate that we. I don't want to get like caught up in your shooting is directly correlated to your impact on the floor because it's not. No, you know, it, you know what that you know what that was though, Dave. That was a generic media team, <laughs> and you know I hold you to a higher standard than I do the general media. And quite frankly, those are the type of questions that I get asked in like media availability. <laughs> You know, and it's just like, it, it's a little disheartening and concerning, quite frankly, that this is where we've gotten to on this show is that you're just going to turn around and ask me some like vanilla cut from cloth because it's like, what you're doing is, is that question, it, it doesn't really provide context of the whole thing. It's looking at, at numbers on, on a paper and trying to create a narrative. That's what you're doing. You're trying to create a narrative. And I just want to hold you to a higher standard than that. I'm sorry that I'm calling you out uh, on our own show, but it, I just, I just want you to be a better version of yourself as well. Are you, are you done? You done? Yeah, I'm done. Okay. I'm done. I look, Hey, hold me accountable. I appreciate it. Now, if you would have let me finish my sentence, what I was getting to was dunk. I'm just, this is a friend of friend thing. All right. Your passing has been elite. And it takes me to the Lakers game the other day. You're throwing, and again, it's the two-man game with Bam. I understand that this might be a question you get asked in media, but you've become an elite little slip pass guy, little bounce pass guy. You found PJ on the against the Lakers on a little, you know, overhead. They're they're blitzing you off these screens, and you've become really good at reading and passing. And so let me give you some flowers here. I, you get your success. I'm dialed. It's no secret. I'm dialed in on social media to what's going on in the long shot pod. So let me tell you, the, the mentions look very different when you go three for 10 or you go six for 10. And so your success yeah. is oftentimes directly correlated to the percentage that you're shooting. You've been shooting it great the last few games. So everyone, you know, you've been, you've been amazing, but your passing, the actions that you're creating it's, it's been really impressive. And that's why I ask about Bam, because I think it's more obvious when he's on the court, because you guys are running those two man games. And like you said, teams are blitzing you. You're finding him on the little slip. It's honestly, it's like Steph and Draymond-esque. It really is where like teams have no choice, but to get the ball out of Steph's hands. So he finds Draymond and now you're playing four on three. Teams have, Spo said this in a post-game conference the other day, you have not, he said, you guys have not played a team yet this year where teams don't have a second defender when you're coming off these actions. They want the ball out of your hands when you're coming off these pin downs or you're coming off these handoffs from BAM. And you've developed the ability of being really good at finding the open spot. And it creates these advantages for you guys that I just think is really impressive. And so that's why I ask with BAM back on the floor, do you feel more confident in that role, more comfortable in that role? And it sounds like, no, it sounds like you're rolling either way. Uh, but I'm sorry if that was a media question. It's something I'm genuinely curious about. No, no, it's, it's, it's reasonable. I was probably a little bit harsh. Uh, you know what, BAM, one other thing about, about playing with BAM is that BAM and I have always kind of had that rapport that it's not necessarily something that you just have with somebody. There's a, there's a certain level of chemistry where 
I feel, I can kind of feel when he is about to get to an action with me. And, and as a result, I can kind of develop a rhythm to where I can get off quickly, efficiently, off that handoff, off that screen. And that, like being that that one count or even half count ahead of the defense in the NBA uh, makes just a, a huge, huge difference. Um, so, I mean, that that also, for sure, I mean, just having that that chemistry and that connection definitely makes a difference. I, I'm just more speaking to the fact that, like, the ball isn't, like, once the ball's in my hands, that's no longer on, like, that's on me. And, and now I'm just making shots at a little bit of a higher clip than I was previously. And, like, Bam definitely helps me get into situations where I'm, like, comfortable and, you know, we had just have that kind of rhythm and flow, uh, if you will. But, you know, to just say that that it's it's just a, a result of Bam being back on the floor, I just think is a, is a disingenuous take. I do. I'm sorry. No, you think it's disrespectful. Let me be your anger translator. It's disrespectful. I'm that guy, and to think it's that not, I need somebody else on the court to be effective no, is no, no, no. fucking disrespectful. See, this is this, see, this is where you're wrong because I'm not I'm not one of those guys. I fully understand how to play to my strengths, which is that in many cases, I mean, I. Over the last couple of years, I probably have the highest percentage of my field goals being assisted. I understand <laughs> that I need other people to get me the ball. That is not lost on me. I'm not out here going James Harden one four low ISO tween tween cross step back. That's not that's not my game. I don't quite frankly. I don't even really. I don't. <laughs> I mean, sometimes like when I'm playing 2K, it's like, that'd be cool if I could do that. But like, <laughs> I don't really even want to do that. Or if I'm, I'm back in New Hampshire in the summer and I'm playing as a bunch of high school kids, then yeah, I'll call, I'll call little Timmy off the, the baseline and, and, and give him a little one too. But like, that's the only time I'm doing that. I fully know that I need to, for me to be the best version and fully effective, I am relying on other people, breaking down their defenders, creating an advantage and getting me the ball. Um, so just, I just want to clarify that that is very much the case here. One of, I'm glad we're at this point because one of my favorite things is when you get hot and you're looking for a heat check and you try one of those like tween, tween hesitation threes and it gets blocked like 85% of the time. But I love that you okay. try to do it. I mean, every, every now and then. honestly, I haven't had too many of those, uh, this year. Look, looking back, I've, I've taken some outlandish attempts. Uh, and, and the beautiful thing about it is I've never like heard a word about it from staff or whatever. Uh, they, they just want me to continue to, to be aggressive. But uh, yeah, it's, it's good stuff. It really is. It really is. Okay. Uh, another question. I want to know if you got this one in the media post game against the Lakers. Um, you curled a double down a double screen for, uh, you know, where most people think you're coming off to launch a three. You curled it. Absolutely nobody in the lane. Caught it with nobody around, and it looked yeah. like you went up to try to dunk it, and weren't really that close. And you've had some impressive dunks in your career. I think people know that you're fully capable. Um, but I just want to know: was it like did a leg give out? Uh, are you just are you tired? Were legs dead? What's going on there? Yeah. So I'll just come out and say I, I am not a good two foot jumper. I'm just not, uh, have never really had the ability to jump off of two feet. I'm much more of a one, one foot jumper. Uh, so I came off that curl. I knew it was going to be a two foot finish cause I kind of needed to like slow down my momentum. And what I do in those situations is I, is I just jump as high as my body will let me in that moment. <laughs> and I, I hold on to the ball with two hands, two hands for safety. And then it's just kind of like a feel thing. You know, if I'm feeling it, like I'm, I'm up there enough, I'll try to dunk it. Honestly, that one I thought, cause it was, you know, pretty raucous crowd, pretty uh, lively environment. I thought I was going to be able to dunk that one. And it was almost like what it felt like in that moment it felt like I was, I was wearing like a weight vest of sorts and I was just getting like held down either that or like, you know, there was some sort of, it's like when you're running with a parachute and you feel like you're working really hard and you're just not going that far. Like it, there was just very clearly like a weight holding me down. Um, and you know, I just didn't get a good jump. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm capable of dunking off of two feet, uh, with two hands very comfortably. Uh, but in, in that moment, my body was just, just had other plans. And you know, sometimes that happens. It, it really does. What's the 
opposite of a trampoline. Cause you know, sometimes it's like, oh my God, it looked like you took off off a trampoline. It was almost like you got caught in quicksand. I think maybe that's the better, the analogy. Yeah. You know, I, I, I mean, I, I honestly like the weight, the weight vest just because that's what it felt like. Like I felt like I should have been significantly higher. Like I'm, I'm six, seven, six, eight. I got pretty long arms. I have like a six, 10, whatever, maybe six, probably six, ten and a half wingspan. Like I should be able to dunk significantly easier off two than I, than I do. Um, and that's a personal problem and something that, you know, I've, I've tried to, to deal with, uh, for much of my career just with, without too much luck. I've had, I've actually had in college, I had a pretty impressive, uh, two foot, two hand. Dunk, I was there. You were in attendance. I was for. there. <laughs> at Nebraska, that was like, it was like under two minutes or it was like under three minutes. It was crunch time for sure. Uh, it was a backdoor cut yeah. off of like a dribble ad out of the corner and just went up with two feet, two hands. And like I said, two hands for safety. I think it was kind of on somebody. Somebody came in the picture late. So like if you get like the freeze frame, it almost looks like I dunked on somebody. Um, yeah, but that's that's probably the last time I've had a, a two foot two hand dunk in a game. My sophomore year of college, it was impressive. I think that was your career high at that point too. That was a good one. Yeah, that was that was a special game. You, you drove all the way uh, from Kansas to Lincoln, Nebraska for that one. So I yeah. appreciate that. Back back when we were just friends, not co-hosts. But you know, correct. I digress. On the way up, I was filling up with gas, and I uh, pulled the pump out of the. I pulled the the cord out of the pump because I drove off with the gas thing still in the car. That was a, it was a bad luck. Yeah, I know. It was not <laughs> yeah, one of my finer. A, a, I was, it was close to tip off. You know what I mean? Like I was, I was navigation had me showing up at like six 30 for a six 30 tip. I was in a rush. It happens. Yeah. Well, you just gotta, you just gotta plan better. Um, all right. That was, that was the first takeaway. Do we have anything else we, we got there or no? Um, I mean, I, I don't know if you noticed, but I'm rocking Kansas city chiefs gear. So I just want to quickly shout out the Kansas city chiefs. Well, uh, that was going to be my my second takeaway is is after that Lakers game, uh, I got a chance to to catch the end of that Chiefs Bills game, and that was just electric. My goodness, you, you ruined the excitement of one of the. I think it was the yeah. Tyreek touchdown. You ruined for me. I was like thirty seconds delayed, and you called me. You're like, this game is insane. I was like, yeah, no, it is pretty crazy. Yeah, I wasn't that excited because I thought we were going to lose. You were like, "Wait, what's the score right now?" I was like, I "Little, little did we know." The Chiefs are uh, losing. Would continue to and so, I, honestly, I I think that my biggest takeaway from that game is there needs to be some sort of an adjustment to NFL overtime because the fact that a game of that caliber could come down to a coin toss is it's just a shame. Simply put. It's a shame. I mean, I know you're on the good side of yeah uh, of it, and the fact that you guys won the coin toss, but nonetheless, like the fact that Josh Allen doesn't even get a chance, doesn't even get a rebuttal. You know, this happened to the Chiefs in 2019. Same same thing happened against your guy, Tom Brady. Mahomes was magical. Yeah. Game goes to overtime. Chiefs don't get the ball. We lose. So, not a lot of sympathy. You're not going to find sympathy for me. I actually agree with you. The rules probably should change. And now the Chiefs are even. Uh, in the last few years, they've got one on each side of overtime, but you know, we're moving on. We're on to San Diego. We're on to Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. I'm not really looking for sympathy. I'm more looking for, uh, some level of, of just being rational. You know, that's all I'm really looking for. Just, just being practical in your approach and, and being able to wrap your mind around the fact that that overtime makes zero sense. Yeah, fair. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, I, I, now at this point, I actually, I, I want Joe Burrow. I, I I'm a big fan of, uh, come on. Joey B. I, I think, I think he's a real deal. I really do. Whatever. Um, I want to just quickly, I want to quickly talk discord. Can we do that? Yeah, that's right. Cause we it's got. been, it's been amazing. Uh, just want to reiterate, please come join the discord people. It's pretty magical stuff on there. We've got, yeah. uh, we're gathering not only just question recommendations for the show, for the question of the week, for the long shot feature, for the long thoughts, but it's turned out just to be a pretty cool place to talk about all things basketball, all things Duncan Robinson. Um, it's really great. We've got a link in our, uh, on Twitter and we've got a link on Instagram. So please check it out. Um, uh, we're learning as we go. So have some patience with us for sure, but it's been great. And Dunk, you've popped in a couple of times, which I've loved. I have, you know, to be honest with you, uh, 
I just downloaded Discord for the first time this week. It was an overwhelming experience stepping in there for the first time. All the different channels, all the different dialogues. Wasn't quite sure what was really transpiring, what was going down. Uh, but now I've popped in a few times. I think I'm starting to to kind of understand the hang of it. One thing that I I really I love, uh, you know, we we live in this world where social media so many of the takes are predominantly negative and just tearing people down, uh, which, you know, that that's maybe a conversation for another time. I have my own, my own thoughts and feelings towards all of it, but what I've found so far, and, and there's a chance to think still could change. <laughs> You're going to jinx probably, it. <laughs> they probably will. <laughs> but so far in the long shot discord, we have just had, some some joyful discourse uh and, and it's just it's been fun to just pop in there and just it's it's people believing in people and if you don't love that then you don't deserve to be a part of the long shot community you know it's as simple as that you know what's funny is i just recently i don't even want to say this but i'm going to i've just recently uh, allowed it so that anybody can come in. You don't have to be like a verified user. And, and I noticed pretty quickly that the tone changed a little bit. We started, we started to get a little more negativity. So, but here's, here's the beautiful thing about it. It's a lot of long shot fans, a lot of Duncan Robinson fans. So people are coming to your defense. If there's any negativity floating around, people are there to squash it immediately. Well, here's the thing. Like, it's it's okay to have a little bit of negative, yeah, I think negativity, it's just to have some, yeah, just have some perspective. You know, like if it's just all just pumping your tires <laughs> all the time, uh, that might be problematic in some sense. But to have some some high quality, just a little bit back and forth, yeah. Um, and, and like you said, you know, a little negativity, you know, didn't hurt anybody, <laughs> and and I, I've certainly handled my fair share of it. So it's not like it's uncharted waters uh, for me. Well, but uh, what- I, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed the Discord. I really have. Here's what I think is hilarious. Somebody has to be so upset with you that they're taking time out of their day to go find the Discord link. This isn't like a very public thing. You got to go to the long shot profile, find the Discord link, go in there, join, which helps us. I mean, we love having people in there. We love having the membership go up. And then find somebody sent somebody sent one of your stat lines where I think you were 0 for 7. You didn't have any rebounds or assists. So it was a lot of zeros. Oh. And somebody sent a oh, screenshot dear. of that in the group. And it's like, I love it because people are coming to your defense. It sparks a little conversation. You're actually kind of doing us a favor. And I think it's funny. But the level, like, to, you just have to jump through a couple hoops to get there, I guess is my point. And so that feels like a you problem. You know, it feels like there's some stuff you need to figure yeah. out on your end. But then again, we welcome the discourse. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm not one for personal attacks by any means, <laughs> but I do I do sit and wonder a little bit when I hear a story like that of just what what's going through that person's mind. Yeah, what are you going go through to pal? that level? <laughs> Uh, yeah, like like who hurt you? You know, like yeah, well, well, let's like talk that level of of pettiness. I, I almost <laughs> feel like somebody should just reach out to him and just make sure he or she, and maybe it's she. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, is okay. Is okay. Well, but, and here's yeah. the thing. Here's the beautiful part of the long shot Discord dunk. <clears throat> it's a place where you can vent. We actually we have a little channel where you can vent. We can talk about life. We're there to support each other. So yeah, maybe right. instead of spewing the hatred, you just ask for a little help. You ask for a lending hand. And, and the long shot community is going to be there for you. Here's, you talk about uh, negativity often wins on social media. Here's what I've found uh, being more dialed in in the last year than ever. Instagram and Twitter are very different. Twitter is where the negativity sort of runs free. Instagram's a much more positive place. On our, on our IG, we get a lot of love. We get a lot of love. On Twitter, things can get a little bit more dicey, a little bit more dicey. I don't know if it's like you can work for the laugh on Twitter easier. Maybe things are easier to see. I don't know exactly what it Mm. is, but I'll tell you what, the tone on the long shot pod is quite different on the two platforms. I was, I was actually, I was going to say, what do you think the why is behind that? You know, because I, I, I haven't necessarily experienced that. Uh, I'm not really active on Twitter and I'm not really on Twitter. I've certainly experienced my fair share of negativity on Instagram. Um, but nonetheless, what, what is from, from where you're sitting, what do you think the why is? 
I think the tone of Twitter, Twitter's for the streets, man. Twitter's for the streets. That's where, that's where, you know, people just let it fly on Twitter. Instagram's a little more curated. You know, you want to show yourself having your morning coffee. You want to, you know, you show the highlights of your life. Twitter's where it gets a little, a little grimy, if you will. I will say, now that you bring it up, the accountability on Twitter is incredibly low. Oh, it's low. Like, at least if you're commenting on IG, like you have, you might be private, but like you have a bunch of photos that it's like also are tied to your name. So like you're opening yourself up to like other attacks. Yeah, this is my life. Someone, Yeah. yeah, someone can comment on like the selfie you took, whatever, 75 weeks ago. Whereas Twitter, like you just get the, the random PFPs and the eggs and all this sort of stuff. And it's just like people just throwing shit at the wall. And it's, it's, I mean, I think that's part of the reason why people love it, which I think is more of a social commentary on, on ourselves as a society (laughs) as a whole, um, that maybe we need to address, uh, in further, but, uh, yeah, Twitter is, is not for the faint of heart. I'm sure of that. It, one of my favorite, Duncan Robinson Twitter slanders that I've seen is (laughs) I think the tweet was where will Duncan be playing next year? And it's an audio clip of Donald Trump going, you're going to have to ask China that question. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. I actually, I actually remember you sharing uh, that one with me. I think that was after our, our LA trip, which was obviously in, in hindsight, a, a pretty, pretty dark, uh, stretch of games for yours truly. Uh, you know, looking back, I think it, I learned a lot over that stretch, uh, made me, made me a better person and player, I hope, uh, because, you know, that's probably about all I can take away from it because I didn't play very well at all. Uh, but that is, yeah, I mean, you got to give credit where it's due. It's, that's a great reaction. It really is. It's, uh, it's one of those things, we can get off social media because I don't really know how much we need to talk about it, but it is one of those things where it's like, you wonder why an athlete doesn't want to spend a lot of time on Twitter. It's like, God, people are fucking ruthless. But that yeah. was funny. Uh, with the, uh, the, 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 Trump, the Trump clip was, was pretty funny, I got to say. Okay, um, let's move on. I'm, I'm, I'm done with Twitter. Um, I, wanted to, I wanted to check in on my goals for you for this year. Um, That's right. We, we did these. <laughs> we did these back in November, and you've made some progress. So, just as a uh, let's just run through them real quick. There's four of them, and I just want to get your your check in, your personal check in on each one. So, goal number one was to wear five different pairs of shoes this year. Last year, you were stuck with the KDs, never really ventured into anything else. This year, I get, I told you five pairs, which I actually thought was going to be hard for you to do, and you checked that off pretty quickly. Do I deserve any credit for that? Or was this totally separate from uh, my goal for you? Absolutely none. Uh, you deserve absolutely none. I mean, it's largely due to the fact that uh, the shoes that I had always worn, the KD-12s, I had worn them basically since I came into the league. I always played in them. I simply just ran out of pairs. Um, and they are, and I don't really understand this about, I kind of understand it, but old renditions of shoes, whether it be KD's, Kobe's obviously are incredibly hard to get your hands on. Kyrie's even like the, the, the previous iterations are actually really hard to get your hands on. And Nike does not want players wearing the older shoes because those aren't the shoes that right. are in the stores. They want players wearing the newer shoes. So as a result, because I can no longer find KD 12s, I basically had a little period where I was trying out some different shoes. Uh, and because of that, I, I hit your quota of five different shoes. Um, I've now settled back in to wearing KDs, KD 14s. Um, and, and I like them. I do. I do. But I, I, I experimented with some different ones. I, I wore some like kind of generic Nikes, uh, some zoom cuts, I believe they were called, uh, some different colorways of those and, uh, some Kyrie's a little bit, some Kobe's I've, I've worn. And, uh, yeah, like I said, settled back into the KD 14s, I believe. And, and that's probably the shoe I'll be, I'll be wearing for the foreseeable future. I believe we'll see though. A couple of things. One, do you notice a difference? Like, does it, if you put on a pair of KDs and then go to a pair of Kobe's the next day at practice, like, is it, is there, is there a different, like, I remember I could not wear high top shoes when I played. It just, I, I felt like I couldn't move. Are you, are you, uh, he, uh, uh, hesitance, not the particular? word. Are you particular no. in the shoes that you're wearing? 
I mean, I, I am particular. I'm, I, I just look for certain things like comfort is a big one. And then I really don't like when I feel like my foot is on the floor, right? Like some people really like that because they feel like, you know, whatever they can like cut and move better. I'm actually the opposite. I, I need like some space, uh, like some, some good, a good level of cushion, if you will. Um, and, and that's what the kitties have. They're, they're very, very comfortable, I used to think that like being light was like the most important thing. Like I remember I, when I was growing up, I, I wore like those crazy light Adidas yep, and I bought I did a pair too. of them just because it was like, I could like kind of dunk, but it was like, oh, if I wear those, like, <laughs> dude, I'm going to be like windmilling. Are you kidding me? Uh, turns out that was not the case at all. And actually my foot like, I actually started hurting a lot wearing them just because they were super light, but there was just like no support there. Um, that wasn't a shot at Adidas. It was more so just a shot at those. those it's crazy actually lights. it's kind of a but, shot uh, at your athleticism. Like I think you needed as much help yeah. as you could get in light shoes. Yeah, but then now I, the trade off is like I'm I'm willing to wear something like a little bit heavier uh, if I feel like I can like have support. Like the other thing I don't like is like when I cut and move. Um, is I feel like my foot is like sliding outside of the shoe. Like I need the walls of the shoe to be like pretty pretty sturdy you know that's that's something that, that's yeah. important to me that makes sense can is pj not the plug pj is not a guy who can get you shoes because it seems like he has access My to goodness. anything ever made pj's actually pj's been great he's actually given me a few pairs of kobe's um let me let me just paint a quick picture of, of what pj has as a as a um shoe collector you see all of his stuff on instagram you see the different shoes that he wears so you can probably imagine how much how many shoes he might have. Okay. Now multiply that by like 15 legitimately. Like I, I thought I knew he was a crazy sneakerhead. I like the, the reputation preceded itself in so many ways. Like I was like, PJ has every shoe under the sun. He has way more shoes than I, even I could have possibly imagined. Um, you go back in our equipment room and it's like, oh, there's like a couple shelves for Duncan. There's, you know, maybe a few more shelves for like Bam or Jimmy because, you know, they get a lot of stuff sent their way. Tyler has a bunch of stuff. You know, Gabe Vincent might have a couple shelves. PJ has like an entire section of the room that is entirely dedicated to him. When we go on the road, he has his own shoe bag with like 12 different pairs and it, and it might be like a one game road trip. And it's just like, cause he just, he has so many shoes and he just wants to rotate them. And you know, he, he's just kind of made that his thing. Um, I have a ton of the dedication that it takes uh, Honestly. To, to, to collect that many different types of shoes is really, really, really impressive. And like, you could legitimately argue with some of this stuff that it's like, it's collecting an asset, like valuable assets. Like some of these shoes that he has and wears, you know, the Yeezys and these super rare types of Jordans and all these different ones, like these one of ones, like they have crazy value attached to them. So, I mean, it, you know, you could argue that they're appreciating assets in some cases. If you're on a one game road trip, you're bringing, are you bringing one pair of basketball shoes? No, no. I usually do. I'm for sure bringing two. Sometimes I'll bring three. Um, mostly just because I'll usually wear a different pair for shoot around than I do for a game. And then, uh, I'll always have like a backup as well. So I'm and usually, I'm usually in the three, but they might be like, they might be three pairs of the same shoe. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like they're different shoes. He brings like, like different, like 12 different <laughs> pairs of shoes. But he's changing um, during games, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. I like he'll change like if there's like a media timeout at six, like he'll change before the next media timeout at three. Like he's that I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding. Like he'll warm up. Sometimes I'll like, he'll be like warming up in a shoe and then we'll like go out and like before the tip or whatever. And he's wearing a different pair of shoes. And I'm like, dude, like how did, where, when did that happen? He just changes so quickly. It's on, like I said, it's, it's a level of dedication that is legitimately impressive. It really is. It's a level of superstition uh, or not like the, whatever the inverse of uh, opposite of superstition is. I'm too superstitious. Whereas like I would think changing with the shoes would be changing uh, my game. Well, so that's, I that's, that's my thing. Like I, I could never be a sneakerhead because I'm too like soft mentally, you know, to just like rotate <laughs> shoes like that. Honestly, like I'm, no, I'm like I pretty, relate. I'm pretty, I have like some grit mentally in other areas, but like if I like, for example, this earlier this year when I was like trying out different shoes, if I like started a game like zero for two or zero for three in a pair of shoes, I was like, all right, change them out. Like I'm done with these. 
this is not happening, which is like, it's so ridiculous. It's like, really, dude, you're going to blame the shoes on your feet. Like maybe you just missed a sh two shots, like, but whatever. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. PJ just rotates them out uh, to the point where it's like, and I, I guess there's, there's zero accountability on, on the shoes because there, there's, there's it's such a transient activity. Right. How about that? Right, right. Transient? Yeah. Look there at you. you. Word of the day. Ding, ding, ding. Um, okay. So first goal, wear five different pairs of shoes. Check. You've already reached it. We're, yeah. Past the halfway point of the season, but you're you're good. Check. Second goal was you only got one cliche answer per interview, which I think it's you've done a better job, but it's I, I think don't I've know. been pretty good on that. I you've really you've been do. pretty good. You have been pretty good. I'm not ready to say you failed that objective, but I don't know if it's a clear success yet either. There's room. How about this? There's room for growth for the second half of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is good. I mean, what are we if we're not yeah. striving for growth? Yeah, progress over perfection. I love it. Let's keep it riding. What's what's the next one? Third goal. You need. I wanted you on league fits three times, and you are on there zero times. And honestly, it doesn't even feel like you're trying. So this is the one I'm the most disappointed in. You know what? That's actually fair. I actually, I I hear your disappointment, and I'm going to twist it and use it as motivation to be better. Good. Um, I actually think there's hope for me. You I know, do too. I, I, I really, really do. do. Yeah. I. I do think that it's been a little bit due to a lack of uh, effort, which, you know, that's something that I'm going to have to, you know, put my head down on my pillow at night and, and sleep with, you know, it's, that's on me. Ultimately that falls on my shoulders. Yeah. Um, but I got some, what do they call them these days in, in the fat pieces? I got some pieces. Uh, I got some pieces in my closet that I can pull out and, and put people on notice. I, I really think I could. We're waiting. We're waiting on pins and needles. Okay. Goal number four, more than 15 three-point attempts in a game, which you've done multiple times. So this one, I'm very I'm proud gonna, of you. Big check mark on this one. Um, I don't think we stop here, though. I think, why not shoot for 20 now? 15 seemed like too low of a goal. I think 20 is a great goal. Um, you know, yeah, might as well. I Like I said, that was, I think Wayne Ellington got 21 games, or maybe he got 19. I think that might be the the heat record uh, for most attempts. So yeah, might as well, might as well break into the twenties. Uh, there are a couple of games that I, I probably could have um, yeah. given the, the circumstances. And I think actually some of the games that I've, I've gotten up around 16 were games where we'd had like other guys out and we'd had like kind of a shorter rotation. So uh, I was just more, even more relied on uh, to score as a result. So that, that's also kind of a result of the craziness of this year, I would say. Do you, do you know that going in? Like, cause, because these last two years more than ever, there are games where you're just completely short manned. I mean, you guys had to forfeit a game in Houston. So do you know that yeah. going in? Like, okay. We didn't forfeit. We did not. Sorry, forfeit. sorry, sorry. That, that the was game rescheduled. Got, game got rescheduled. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you know that going in though? Like, okay, I need to be more of an offensive presence this game. I want to get up. Like, do you set goals for yourself pregame? I want to get up 12. No, no. I mean, that's, we, we have had stretches, you know, when we were down players, right. We approached games a little bit differently, more of kind of like a playoff mentality in terms of like playoff games are very meticulously planned. At least they have been since I've, I've been with the heat in that, uh, you know, we, we like, very openly talk about shot distribution, where the ball is going to go, how we're going to play. Because, you know, it's one thing when you have a wealth of, of options and, and you have a fully healthy lineup and, you know, that's more kind of like flow of the game, right? Like maybe Tyler has it going, we're going to play through him. Maybe Jimmy has it going, we're going to play through him. Bam, you know, Kyle on down the line. When we had guys out, it was much more like we need to be intentional about how we're going to be successful offensively. Um, so it's, it's, it actually has been talked about in terms of like, look, we need to get 45 plus three point attempts. Okay. So instead of just saying, throwing that out into the universe, it's like, all right, well, how do we do that? Okay. Duncan, you need to take 12 plus max. You need to take 10 plus, uh, Tyler needs to take eight plus, you know, whatever it is on down the line, like that's, that has been discussed prior to games. Now it's a little bit different, right? Because we have guys coming back and, you know, the flow of games, you know, it just looks different game to game. Um, so there's not necessarily that, that need to like totally structure it out because part of it now too, that we have guys coming back is like, we have to, we have to reestablish, uh, an identity and kind of rhythm of who we are at full strength because we've kind of gone through these different phases where we've won in different ways. So it's, it's going to look different now moving forward. I also think 
like you said, you've won in different ways. It's not like you've struggled with stars out. And so it's like, thank God stars are back. We can get back to what we do. It's like, you guys have found ways to win in so many different ways that it almost presents a problem in a sense. It's like, maybe problem's the wrong way to look at it, but it's like, it's not like we know to get back to what we were doing. It's like, wait, maybe there's another way. I, you know what, Dave, and, and maybe I'm, I'm just a, too much of an optimist, but I prefer to look at it as a challenge. You know, <laughs> why, why would it be a problem when it could be a challenge, you know, a challenge sure. that you can overcome? I mean, it is funny because once again, not to crush you again, twice in, in the same episode, but don't like, do this. That, no, 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 seriously. I, I'm actually, I like, I'm not trying to, to be facetious here. Uh, another just fantastic where my vocabulary is on, on 10 in 2020. That one's not bad. I mean. Um, but like there is a need from the media. Now that we have all these guys back, that is in theory, such a, a great thing, right? Like, wow, we have a wealth of options. We have a, what a luxury it is that we have all this different influx of talent. Now that we have guys coming back and it is in a media need and want, it must be a media want. I don't, I don't really get it to shift that narrative to somehow be a negative thing. Like, wow, now what a problem this is like, what, like, why, why does that, why would that ever be a problem? Like now we have guys top to bottom and in, 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 on our team that have won us games, legitimately played closing minutes, yeah. one through 17, whatever it is. Like we now have that. So like, I don't, I don't understand why media members would flip that. That's me. That just doesn't Put make me in sense there. to me. Put me in there. But that's what you're doing right now. Yeah, and I'm yeah. trying to hold no, you to a higher standard. I want you to be a better version of yourself. And, and right now you're falling into this trap, this media trap. Have you ever heard the term death by too many options? I mean, I have heard of that term, but if you're a capable manager of talent, which I believe the person who is making decisions on our team, Eric Spolstra is, I don't think that that should ever be a thing. I really don't. No, I, I get it. I mean, look, I was the guy and, who- and not, and, and not only to, like, to also mention, like, especially if you're able to everyone wrap your minds around, like, this is bigger than the individual. This is bigger than yourself. Like, you're ultimately buying into something, which, mind you, is an if. Like, that's a big if, especially when you're talking about professional sports. Like, For sure. There's so many different things at play. Uh, egos, money, opportunity, you know, careers, longevity, all that sort of stuff is at play as well. But if you're able to wrap your mind around that, then it it, it should not be an issue. But but I hear what your, your point in that not everybody, not every team is, is capable Thank of doing you. that. Thank you. I mean, look, you're right. Obviously having, obviously proving that guys one through 16 can play valuable minutes and help you win basketball games is an amazing luxury. And you guys are incredibly deep and you're now the one seed in the East and it's all good. I mean, the ability to win games without Kyle, Bam and Jimmy is obviously a good thing, but yeah, it just presents a problem is maybe the wrong word, but it presents a something to consider now that you have, okay, we know that all these guys can play. It's an amazing thing, right? It's beautiful. And now, you know, you're not worried about, there are a lot of teams who are an injury away from no longer really being relevant. And you guys True. have proven, you guys have proven to not be in that conversation, which is obviously a good thing. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's get to our, is it now a discord question of the week? What is it? I think we Do just, we change it? I think we just refer to it as a question of the week. We are going to be pulling questions from Discord, but that's really on the listeners, whether we get an influx of questions or not. If not, then we may have to go to another place. Um, but I do have a question from Discord this week, Dunk. And this comes Talk from this comes from Baby Cow. So shout out Baby Cow. Baby Cow, all right. Baby Cow. They ask, what are some investments? the Miami Heat players freely discuss that is applicable to regular non-catch high, keep high folks. So I like this question for a couple of reasons. One, referring to the catch high, keep high reference is, is pretty special. Um, but two, this is something that I've started to see through you a little bit that I, I don't think I would have appreciated about the NBA otherwise. It's just like the level of access that you guys have. Like you're in the room, not necessarily in the room, but you're in these circles, in these conversations, and you guys are pretty handsomely compensated that now you have the opportunity to make these investments, to get into these, you know, early, like 
businesses before they you know go public, like all these different things at your fingertips. And players are more and more uh, frequently taking advantage of that. So I do think it's an interesting question. Are these things that you're talking about in the locker room or are guys like close to their vest with things that might be able to make them money? No, I, people are pretty open. Um, I've actually seen a, a noticeable shift since I've I've been playing in the NBA. Uh, you know, a large part of the conversation is about off-court opportunities. Um, that was taken up a level when we had kind of a change up in our locker room. Like when Andre Igdal came into the locker room, like he immediately brought more of that. Udonis is somebody is is also somebody who talks a lot about different opportunities off the court because he's so involved and, you know, it's not just opportunities for guys to make more money, but also ways for like guys to get involved in communities and give back. Like that's something that Udonis has, has always kind of preached and, and led by example in that sense. Um, I got two for you specifics. Okay. Love it. Uh, one is in the crypto NFT space. Actually, they're both in the crypto NFT space. One's in the NFT space, one's in the crypto space. NFT space, uh, ballers, ballers nation. Uh, maybe some people have seen, I have, I hopped on like a, a ballers, uh, Twitter spaces, I think is what it's called kind of a event, but the ballers community is something that I've actually brought that conversation into our locker room. Uh, I've talked about it with, with UD, uh, Look some other you. different guys. I'm trying to get involved. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm trying to to move the needle, uh, if you will, uh, when it comes to to baller. So that's one, and also other uh, NFTs. Like UD is always talking about NFTs uh, in different projects that he's doing. He's mostly on the Solana blockchain. I don't know if that means anything to you, Davis. It might not. Nothing. Um, but be, because he's involved with FTX, he has a partnership with them. FTX is very much involved in Solana, so on and so forth. Anyways. The other one, Dave, is one that I've recently got you involved with, which I, I'm incredibly I thought, excited I thought you about. might go here. Um, and it's beginning to take the National Basketball Association by storm. And that is... Wait, hold show. on, hold on. We're not... I just want to caveat here. This is not financial advice. <laughs> we are not giving this financial is, advice. <laughs> Massive this is disclaimer. No... <laughs> This is in no way financial advice by any even thought of the imagination. Should you take this seriously as any sort of financial advice? I but, cut you off. I'm sorry. Get back to your big reveal. Cheddar uh, is a coin that is, I, I don't know, Dave. I, I think it's around this day. Uh, it's, it's trading at, at like, I don't even know if that's what you call it when it's crypto, but it's uh, it's very low right now, I guess you could say. Uh, but let me tell you, Dave, the potential is there. Uh, I know I I was I was singing its praises. I got you involved in on it, and it's like kind of this like metic like it's not like you can't just like buy it on Coinbase yet, mind you. Yet uh, there's there's hopes that one day you will, but like you have to go through this like meticulous process to get Cheta, and uh, I went through it, and I've basically been telling everybody. That uh, you know, it's the the moon is made of cheese, and, and, and we're going to the moon, baby. You know, it's shout it to the moon. You know, here we are. You the the crypto space feels like a big inside joke to me. Like as soon I thought, as soon as I got in it, I would realize it's a fraud and I would lose all my money. But the amount of conviction that you came home, uh, I was in Miami. I think this was the Raptors game, maybe. Regardless, no, it's Blazers, 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 Blazers. You came home with so much conviction about Cheddar that I had to get involved. So I'm in with you now. I'm with you. The moon's made of cheese. But you, so you say it's taking the NBA, NBA locker rooms by storm. Is this like, are you serious? Is this something that's being shared around? those circles once again not this is in no way financial advice and just because <laughs> professional athletes do something does not mean that, oh, that in fact it might it. be it it's, might be a reason to stay away yeah i mean in some cases i think professional athletes are worthy of being role models but certainly not in all <laughs> um yeah i mean cheddar is like it, it's so it's so early on right now but it is being discussed and bought, I believe, in NBA circles. Yes. I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, that, it was it was funny to me because I like, 
it was just randomly that day that, that we played the the Blazers. I heard about it like before shoot around, you know, somebody was talking about it, like maybe one of the trainers. And then all of a sudden, like I heard it again, like one of the, the strength coaches and then one of the players. And I was just like, <laughs> what is this Cheddar? I keep hearing about them. Finally, I just asked him, I was like, what is Cheddar? And I got like a full rundown of like, you know, the Cheddar train, baby. <laughs> it's, it's, it, we're going to the moon uh, and the moon's made of cheese. So, uh, but once again, not, not financial <laughs> advice by any stretch of the imagination, but great question for baby cow uh, oh, yeah. on, on the discord. I love it. Let's, let's do, let's do long thoughts. Yeah. 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 We got to hit a long thoughts. Um, this one dunk comes from beautiful beats who this also came from the discord and beautiful beats. I believe won a top shot during our top shot giveaway. So this is the second time that beautiful oh, beats it. has come around. Um, which we, which we obviously appreciate. And they ask, actually, they, they sort of tell a story. They say that they graduated college and are currently running their own business, take a lot of pride in that business, obviously, and in their daily process. Um, he says, I think it's the biggest key to be able to do what I do is to have a daily process. But he wanted to ask, what are some daily habits that have helped you, Dunk, find success in your ways? What are some pivotal parts of your daily process? I know you're a meticulous guy. Uh, I know you have a routine that you like to stick to. Have you built things into your process that you think are not just basketball related, but can be helpful for everybody? So I'm going to, I'm going to stay away from talking about anything basketball related. So I'm Perfect. not going to talk about like getting shots or lifting. Like, I mean, like I think working out is an important part of, of the day for sure. But um, I, I'll just start from the very start of your day, which is sleep. Uh, I'm a huge proponent of got at least eight, eight and a half, like is, is the low end. And I know that's not necessarily realistic for everybody, but I think you should like absolutely prioritize your sleep. So that's like incredibly important. Um, two, and I, I actually stole this from, uh, Andrew Huberman, who is a, uh, like neuroscience Doctor, genius, who professor at, at Stanford, doctor, um, yeah. and it's it's basically early in the day you get like fifteen within sixty minutes of waking up you get at least like fifteen minutes of direct sunlight, um, and, and how that basically like sets the tone for your entire day. And that doesn't mean to be like, obviously I'm in Miami. That doesn't mean like I'm like laying out in the sun. It might just be as simple as like being outside for 15 minutes and getting like some sort of natural light exposure. Um, I think that's awesome. I also think uh, some sort of exercise, obviously I, I, mostly exists in the form of basketball for me or lifting, or maybe some days it's, it's a recovery day and I'm doing yoga or Pilates or what, what have you. Um, I usually have some sort of like TV show. That's a part of my day, not necessarily productive, but I also think the balance that's is important. important. Um, and one thing I started doing a lot more, particularly on game days is like writing. You know, I, I try to read, I usually, you know, try to read on like planes and stuff like that. But, um, actually writing, I think has, has helped me as well. Um, you know, something that I've, I've actually been bad about recently, but I highly recommend is, uh, the five minute journal. It's a little book where it basically, it's like when you wake up in the morning, you do it for five minutes. And before you go to bed, you do it for five minutes. And it's just like three things that you're grateful for, um, in the morning. And then it's three things that went well at night before you go to bed. And I think it just helps you kind of keep things in perspective. Like you could have a terrible, what seems like a terrible day. Right. And then you're getting ready to go to bed and you're like, you're still able to grab three things out of the day that you're like, incredibly grateful for three things that went really well. Um, I just think that little like perspective shift, uh, I, I think can really do a lot just in terms of like, maybe not like day to day, but in, in the grand scheme of things, when you're talking about developing a routine, the impact that can have over like doing it for weeks, months, years, but love it. Love it. No, I think that's a great what answer. You got? What do you got? You got anything? Come on. No, I mean, I, I, I think you just hit it on the head at the end. I think routine is so important. I think we're creatures of habit. I know that it's something that I've really struggled with in this past year because doing the podcast, you don't really have working hours. Like before this, my work experience was working nine to five. You know, when you're supposed to show up to work, you know, when you can clock out for the most part, once you're home, you don't think about it and then you do it the next day and it becomes a routine and your body develops a clock and you know that, okay, I'm going to work out in the mornings before work, or I'm going to work out after work. 
And it just is so easy to organize your life when you have that built-in structure. Now doing this podcast, that structure has completely disappeared. Our days, we don't know when we're recording always. We don't know when we're interviewing. It's, you know, it's, there's no clear work hours. So it was a real big struggle for me early on. You have to build in a routine. So I'm with you. I, I, I have sort of like figured out what routine makes the most sense for me because I don't think there's a one hats or one size fits all for this stuff, but I've started to understand the pockets of when I can get to the gym and when I can write this stuff down in journal. We've talked about that's one of my new year's resolutions. I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Um, but I do think writing down thoughts is really important. I'm in Ann Arbor. So the 15 minutes of sunlight is doable, but it's just different. I think you got to understand it kind of sounds like you're bragging saying that you get 15 minutes of sunlight every morning. You're in Miami and it's January. Uh, but I do think getting outside is in incredibly important. I think it's just building, building a routine, finding, okay, I can make lunch at this time. I can, you know, lock in for three hours at this time. And that's different for everybody. And I think the components of that structure is different for everybody, but having something that you can sort of fall back on is really important. When are you able to work on your basketball game? Because Not people much. you know, in the community are, are very invested uh, in, in your development as a player. And, and I'm just curious as to where that fits into your routine. I don't really want to talk about it, to be honest. I'm not playing a lot of basketball. I don't feel confident in my game right now. Jumper doesn't feel great, but it's because I'm not touching the basketball very often. But I'll, I'll be better. I'll be better. All right. Well, that pretty much uh, brings us to a, a full ep. You know, we, we covered a lot of bases here. Uh, rest assured, we're going to be back with a guest next week. I'm sure everyone's probably tired of, of hearing us uh, run our mouth. So yeah. we're going to have a, a fantastic interview for you next week. Not going to spoil it and let you know now, uh, but I'll, I'll have Davis do the big reveal on, on Wednesday um, prior to next week's episode. But uh, it, it was nice, you know, just just us two kind of riffing this out. Uh, you know, obviously we, we took the hiatus that we did. So it's it's good for, for us to kind of you know, build uh, this, this rapport back up. Brick by brick, baby. Don't think that new year, new mantra. No, 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 no. New year, same us. Brick by brick. Just keep building. Just keep building. <laughs>